Welcome to Alfalfa, a free-flowing, irreverent, digestible, somewhat degenerate crypto podcast for all, powered by Collective Shift. Entrepreneurs and investors Armand Asadi, Nick Urbani, Steven Cesaro, and Eric Johansson dive deep into crypto, blockchain, DeFi, NFTs, the metaverse, and Web3, all while layering in the latest in tech, money, and politics, feeding you the alpha you need to grow. Make sure to check out CollectiveShift.io for crypto insights and alerts and use code ALFALFA for 50% off your first month. A friendly but serious reminder, this is not financial advice and is for entertainment only. Do your own research. Also, please subscribe to the show and tell your DGEN friends all about us. Now let us begin. Welcome to Alfalfa, D Gents, and what would the D-Gen-ets? female version I was thinking of, of this actually the other day. Yes, D Genet, the word. I don't know. Let's do that. I think it's appropriate. D-Gen-ets. Yes. Yeah. D Gents. D Gents. Welcome, D Gents and D Gents to Alfalfa. Uh, we should probably try and be a little degenerate today to fulfill that promise. Yeah. So we're gonna bring the ruckus. Um, holy shit. NFT land and holy shit wonderland. Uh, we have some things to unpack. First of all, subscribe. We love subscribers. We don't really like non-subscribers. They're not, they're not our favorite. So subscribe. Now that we got that out of the way, uh, we're going to dig right into the alfalfa this week. Uh, cause there's been a fuck ton of it. And I think we're all spending a little bit of time in different places. I know I've particularly been like super deep in NFTs lately, but I guess anybody uh, who's just following the trend and the flow and the tide right now is. Uh, but I know, Stephen, you have been uh, uncovering some very interesting things and there's some uh, important actually like stuff to discuss with the Wonderland news, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I think the, the part that I wanted to mention first is just like the absurd level of what the Board Ape Yacht Club and Mutant Ape Yacht Club have achieved over the last week since we last talked. Insane I mean, growth. The floor, 110 ETH. Keep your bags, brother. I just it doesn't even <laughs> it doesn't even make Pump sense your bags. anymore. Be- Bieber bought a Bieber bought a floor e- a floor ape for 500 ETH. <laughs> yeah, so on paper he's down 400 ETH already. <laughs> <laughs> so. He probably doesn't care. Hey, when when you see that NFT you want, when you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was most excited about Kevin Hart actually getting. Involved. Oh, what he buy? I didn't that see guy's that. Guy's a legend. He bought a board eight. Okay, you were excited given about a board eight. If, if I'm or he, he bought. That, that, that's a good point. Like real talk, is anybody actually buying these? Does anybody here seriously? I don't know why you guys that think these, that. Uh, that, 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 that that the board apes are being organically bought. I'm, 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 I'm curious. I really do. I really do. I, I don't know why. Maybe that's naive, but I think that multi-millionaire celebrities don't have a problem. Oh, by the way, another one was Neymar. That really pumped it as well. Multi-millionaire celebrities and athletes don't have a problem spending a million bucks, half a million bucks on these things. I think they can't wait to spend it. They want to be in the club. Right. But like this is their new I, I think this is so all, many other... I, I don't think they care about the money, I, right? But I, I think I, it feels like engineered to me. Like I, I just I just find it hard to believe like all these celebrities are just sitting around like FOMOing into apes organically. You know? They probably all have CAA as like their agent. You know, CAA is like a big LA agency or they like share the same agents. So I don't know, maybe it's being pumped around their agents, but Yeah, it's but yeah, probably some it's like deal at the top. Deal making. Like yeah. yeah. 
But listen, not not uh, fudding. I mean, like, I mean, yeah. there's definitely good retail action behind it, and they have some new developments they're coming out with, which are, which are cool. Um, I think they're launching and was it ApeCoin? Like they're going to distribute some mm-hmm. kind of ApeCoin to anyone who owns an NFT. Their game was very successful. Yeah, who, yeah. who knows what the functionality mm-hmm. will be? But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, it's not like they're trying to rug anyone. I think at the end of the day, even if a few of these NFTs have been given out, I don't think it's like done with malintent. And maybe it's just done to like help that person get in, which I know there's like multiple people that are like facilitating the execution of the purchase for a lot of these celebrities. I was also very excited about Chappelle getting involved. But how cringe was, did you guys see the clip? Of Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon comparing their their board apes. I passed. <laughs> oh, did anyone see that? I didn't see it. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, I can't even reenact it. But you know, Jimmy does his old thing where he pulls the picture out from under the desk and he's like, "Here's here's mine," and 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 she's like, "Oh, I have one too." And yeah. they like pull them out, and the audience is just like. So you know how normally authentic. the audience like claps. Nobody knows what it for is. Things, so and they're like, "Yay!" So, so and organic. there was like a weird, cringy, slow clap. Like we don't like cartoon. Here's JPEG, these rich people showing off we'll their clap. like six-figure trinkets in front of us. <laughs> Great, this is pure comedy. Thank you. Are we early? It was bad. Are we early? <laughs> almost sold. I almost sold. <laughs> Uh, oh my god! So, but I have to say, just to like you know, just to just to get the alfalfa train going. I mean, it was uh, approximately a few months ago. I bought a mutant ape for uh, like not even six ETH. Where I you think. at now? And like thirty. Oh, that a baby? So, that a baby? Yeah. Let's go. So I'd say that's uh, this is one of the clearest top good. signals in in our history is when Armon is way up. So, so Armand, do you have a price target? Are you going like a stock analyst style where you have a price target or are you going to read the tea leaves of the narratives and, and, and kind of like uh, pull a trigger at one Both. point? Both. I set, I set an exit price target of 50 ETH, okay. uh, but it's approaching too fast. Bullish, so I'm also following the narrative. And this environment overall, I mean, there are a lot of plays here. Like I was talking to our friend Chris Rodino about this, who has been in and out of mutant apes and um, what he does so well. You know, he was just mentioning this uh, kind of like drop his methodology here is like, and you guys know him well. It's like he'll take a 3x, 4x gain on an NFT and get out and not stay greedy. And he just continues to do that. He picks the projects correctly. Most of the time, a lot of the time. And as soon as he gets to that 300% or 400% return, he gets out, he moves on, and he redistributes his capital toward new projects that he thinks can accomplish the same. And so many of the projects that he's bought into and sold have gone to like 50x. And he's okay with that. I mean, it hurts at the end of the day, like he got out of his mutant, he mentioned. And it hurts. But he was like, you know, what you could do is sell your mutant ape at like 30 or 40 ETH, buy a bunch of uh, cool uh, pets tomorrow and do the whole thing all over again and then buy back into a mutant ape with your profits. He, uh, There's a lot of ways should to refer play. to him as Carne Asada Chris. That's his, uh, I think that's his username. And yes. uh, Carne Asada Chris rolled, uh, rolled into about 20 alien friends. So that's some outsider... Uh, uh, trading from a from a labeled NFT whale, 
Um, he thinks that uh, does, I think does he have the label? The, is he officially he a Nansen in, in AI Nansen. NFT? Whale? Yeah. Wow. I, or it's not. It's it's not whale. I think it's like Epic NFT Trader. I think is what it's labeled at. So he has the label in some Nansen AI um, tool, which is a tool to analyze NFT projects, and they label addresses to kind of like identify who's moving what and see who the players are. Um, anyway, he's he's labeled in there, um, but I think they're going to be issuing some kind of ERC twenty token uh, with the Alien Friends project at the end of this month. No one knows what that may involve, but it seems like. Um, these la- these most recent projects have been parlaying it into some kind of like a wolf game version where there's like a staking involved and you earn tokens and those tokens have some kind of utility and then you know someone creates a secondary market for it and you can you can train it on something like Uniswap. Um, let's let's take a half step back, cool. Nick, because that's that's pretty important what you're discussing. It's like all right, so we have these NFTs. These are a type of token called ERC seven twenty one. Correct. And they're, that's not the only type of NFT, right. but that's the most popular one. Curio cards are the kind of old school version. Mm-hmm. Let's not get into that. So you have these, these, uh, these NFTs that are a type of token on the Ethereum blockchain. So you also have the NFT projects issuing their own tokens. Can you kind of just like, yeah, I, I think for most people, that's very difficult to like conceptualize. Yeah. So, um, you know, N- NFTs are, are, you know, good is their their own token. They're the non fungible token, and so projects can issue a, a fungible token, something that can be used to purchase things. It can be used almost as a reward. You know, hey, for for holding this NFT, um, we're going to airdrop you some tokens, which you can you can do with you know something inside the ecosystem. It may be to buy merch. It may be to mint an NFT, and maybe that NFT, the second project in this like series of projects, um, you might only be able to use that token. And so it's a way to reward community members. Um, and you'll see all of them say, hey, this this token may be worthless. It's not worth real money, but it's to be used inside this ecosystem. And then what naturally pops up are uh, some kind of a, a tr- trading liquidity pool on these decentralized exchanges like Uniswap. So most of everyone's familiar with, with Coinbase. That's a centralized exchange um, where Coinbase decides what trades on there. And on uh, Uniswap, anyone can uh, put up a token to be traded. They just have to supply both sides of the trade. So say ETH and, you know, whatever this alien friends token is going to be. So, um, yeah, that's, that's essentially what, what it's used for. And in some cases, um, some of these can yield tokens that are worth quite a bit of money. The market determines Mm -hmm. they're, they're worth quite a bit. So I think there was a creeps project and we had a friend who owned three of them and was making like four to $5,000 a day in this ERC 20 token. And it's kind of, it makes you laugh, but you know, uh, he was taking that token every day and just selling it off for ETH. And so, you know, there, I think passive income gets thrown around a lot, which is certainly not passive income or anything. It's kind (laughs) of hilarious when people say that, like these things are short lived. So you got to decide, you know, is this ecosystem got legs? Should I, should I sell it for ETH? And the best examples in this group, um, when we were, uh, Playing with with Wolf Game, you got to stake one of your FTs and earn an ERC twenty token called Wool, and we had this great realization. We, we're we're finally explaining yeah. what we've been talking yeah. about. And, so that's what and Wool it was is kicking <laughs> off this this ecosystem. Okay, we're going to circulate this token. The way we're going to circulate it is the people who bought our original NFT to reward the community members. They have to stake it, and we had this amazing realization. You could actually take this magic internet money called Wool and trade it for ETH, which we all 
you know, consider to be real hard money. And uh, that was like a, I think like an inception point in all of our brains that, wow, you know, if an ecosystem get kicked off, even if it's for a short term basis, a few days, pretty magical that you could turn magic internet money into, into real money. So anyway, I think um, that's the why, there's a reason why uh, Carne Asada Chris was interested in the Aliens Friends project because they'll be dropping one, they said at the end of this month, the end of February. So who knows? Could be worthless, could not be. They might have come up with some new stuff, but you know, I think it's trading at like two and a half ETH. Mm-hmm. So it's not maybe in that tier one, you know, 10 ETH and above kind of status, um, but maybe could be one to enter the stratosphere That's- at some point. That's good, Alpha Alpha. I thought we were going to start talking about Wolf Game again, and I was going to jump off a bridge. No, no, no. We don't even do that. <laughs> one, of, one of my lists is to buy more land in that project. I, yes, buy farmers. I Wolf do Game, have Wolf Game Alpha. Buy the farmers. <laughs> farmers no, buy the value. fucking so first land. land. Buy the value. land. Can we yeah, not just, talk about Wolf just, Game just again? Buy it all. Like every every episode. <laughs> no, of Wolf Game. No, no. The people must. I'm know. sorry. Do you not okay, want to talk the, about a hundred X project? Because. I think there people want Okay, I think we covered it. I think we've covered it. Like, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> talk about what you're buying in the lightning round if you want to. Uh, I wanted to give Armand, yeah. I wanted to give Armand a bit of a love bath because I think I think the Alpha Alpha is not only delivering the the thing to buy, like you said, Alien Friends. That's good, Alpha Alpha. I think another like the better form is like walking through your thought process of of why. Okay, so good job. You talked about this this token being launched. I wanted to um, give Armand a little credit because he he walked me through his his um, I guess it was like a simple uh, thought process of why mutant apes and that was back when you bought it at six ETH you said mutant apes and board apes are still part of the same ecosystem and the price disparity is just too wide like if celebrities Way are buying this wide. stuff they don't really care if it's a board ape or a mutant or whatever they just want to be part of part of the board ape yacht club club. So board apes or, you know, mutant apes are going to converge. The price is going to converge. And I think you've been right about that. And it probably will continue to go. Most importantly, that took getting in the discord, which is what I always tell people to do. And one of the sayings that I saw throw around, you'll notice patterns in discords. You'll understand the sentiment of the community and where they stand on the project and what they think is valuable. And the main thing that they threw around was bake equals make. This was done by the bake owners. It was a way to create inclusivity and to expand the community to say, there's no superiority tier one, tier two here. All we've done is expand. We've we've literally mutated our apes with this fucking cartoon serum to create this other thing, magic internet money, but in the form of a JPEG. And they're just the same, but we've expanded the pool of the supply, which is still fixed. And uh, you have to dive in to find these things sometimes and and understand the overall sentiment. And I think we're going to see the same exact thing. I do want to circle back to the token thing, mm-hmm. but I think we're going to see the exact same thing with cool cats and cool pets. Cool cats equal cool pets, except like 10 times more interesting because and maybe I'm bringing this a little early, but like that whole thing that is launching is like, you know, we've been talking about, well, what is the next NFT ecosystem and game that is going to evolve the wolf game model? And and Cool Pets shows that they're doing that. Yeah, so that. Cool Cats so that's pretty is exciting. this artistic PFP of kind of these, uh, not anime style, but like, I don't know, just like uh, cats, you know, 
10,000 of them. They came so up to about 10. It's a cat profile pick project, yeah. Yeah, cat profile pick project. Yeah, and like I don't like them. Cat JPEGs. Um, cartoon cats. And they're like uh, 10, 10 ETH, I think. And then they're going to launch out this cool pets, which is like a derivative or a secondary one of it. And they're going to have these like Tamagotchi-like game features where you stake it and you earn some token then you can use that token to like you know tamagotchi your thing and grow make it grow and earn even more tokens kind of simple ponzinomics uh applied there and we'll see how that develops but um, i thought those are good are you really familiar with these because like I, i just started looking into them and i i have i have some questions we we looked at the um cats you mean about the cool pets I'm 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 yeah. still too too busy playing with my farms. I just read. Are all I, I think I think you should read through. I think you should read through. So cool like pets are at a two point six floor against the cool cats at the twelve floor right now. And um, maybe to Armand's point, maybe these two things will converge. Price disparity. So, so here, here's my current understanding. Um, there's like twenty thousand of these things. They gave ten thousand to cool cats owners, right? And then there's like a ten thousand public mint. And then when you start, you get an egg and then that egg hatches and then it goes through like specific stages of development, right? It kind of like grows up. Is that, is that about right? Yeah. And there's like a marketplace. Yeah. I saw, I saw that there's a market. Things. There's like, you can kind of upgrade, you can feed it stuff and it takes on some elements of like earth, wind, fire or something. Um, yeah. It seems like. Interesting. The point is, like, there are so back to like Nick's explanation of the the token aspect, the ERC twenty aspect. What what I think we're ultimately seeing, and people always ask me, they're like, "Dude, what is the point of buying a cartoon JPEG?" Well, the point is, there's many points, and each one of these projects is completely different. And I'd love somebody to like speak to this because I don't know if I can speak to this well enough. But the community is one aspect access right the other aspect is like this uh (laughs) this false idea of passive income um which is definitely not something as a project owner you should ever say by the way like you will get in big trouble for claiming that you provide people passive income but in a sense it is like a short-lived short-term way of earning this token like wool or like milk or whatever it might be you can then do what nick said swap it from the coin that you receive that is like part of the tokenomics of the project back to ethereum which is real and that first like, moment you do it is money. fucking sweet it's so nice it is came, like money came out it of is. so there's a lot of, of utility yeah there's a lot of utility and and this cool pets thing is going to be like I, I i think an interesting example of that and i think we could see some con- convergence so i don't know if you guys want to unpack we, that one more really if you have need different- asia to get involved with these they already are and i have like high hopes because there are cats involved here so that's my investment thesis Mm. (laughs) can you uh single-handedly maybe like actually make that happen and pull them in send the signals number go up well there's been this uh azuki project which is kind of one of the the first um anime style projects and it launched, I think, on the 11th. Today is February 1st. So January 11th. It's been like, what, 20 days? And it's already at 12.6 ETH. So, you know, you're talking about We totally missed that X. one. Talk about missing alfalfa. And I think it was simply that, um, 
you know, Asian people started buying it, you know, like people from Asia, Singapore, Korea, China started uh, buying it up big because they finally found something that maybe resonated a little more. Um, and uh, so to your point, uh, there may be a new wall of money coming. Um, what will the what will the Indians buy? Hmm. Oh, wasn't there this today's kid news. in Indonesia that like posted? It may not be Indonesia, but he posted like yeah, the Gozali every days or whatever thing. Where yeah, he minted. He ended up selling like a million this, dollars worth of them or something, right? Yeah, this this kid just posted up like I don't know five thousand, six thousand selfies of himself, almost probably as a joke. And the project just ran, just memed oh, its yeah. way to like paying this kid a million dollars plus. And probably still trading, and he's getting royalties on it. So good for him. I, I almost bought oh those. My God. Actually, well, so very, very early on, and I didn't, and they ended up like twenty xing or something stupid. We you should, know, sometimes you we see something on this, crypto uh, Twitter, and you're like, "This is so stupid that I know it's going to go like super viral. It's it's just like the perfect meme." I, I kind of had that. I, you, you get that little like meme spidey sense in your brain after a while after you do this a bunch, but I ignored it, and then you know. And Izuki is another one. Like I had Izuki on my radar actually very, very early. It was on my like little kind of, I have this kind of like follow list on, on a Twitter where I kind of, you know, I want to make sure I keep track of ideas, but I often find I don't go back to them. I put them in my kind of like research this bucket, but then I just get distracted and I don't buy them. And then two months later I have immense amounts of regret, you know? Steven's meme, Sad. Steven's meme is to, is to like, you buy everything that he doesn't. Like, I think if Armand's meme is he's the top signal, uh, Steven's meme is that he's, he's like, that's the signal that you need to buy that. He won't. You, you should. I don't know why you're trying to meme this. <laughs> uh, don't meme me. I really, I really am not with this. I really am not with this. I, I got uh, one I want to. Who, who's closest, who's closest to the India news though? Like who really looked at that? Cause I think that's important to I, talk about. I haven't. What's the news? Is there? I don't think I could do it justice, but basically they 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 made some significant updates from like going from constantly talking about banning it and having more and more regulation around it to having a friendlier relationship hmm. with it, getting clear on what they want to do tax wise, which is to just straight up tax crypto and NFTs thirty percent. And there's a lot of like important details in the way that they're going to tax it. That's like a little bit. Um, more aggressive? How do we say? Yeah, not just aggressive, but like important as an Indian citizen, let's just say, to pay attention to the details. But it's mostly good news because they're, you know, uh, one of the biggest countries in the world and they're embracing yeah, it. Yeah, like, it looks the like they're going to launch a digital rupee too. Um, right. I don't, I don't know if there's like a play or an investment on that. I think it's just kind of like uh, macro news and, you know, a sign of further adoption. And I don't think anyone cares that like uh, their crypto profits get taxed. I think it's just give us a a sandbox to play in uh, to kind of to innovate. Right. And we need let clarity. Us, let us go. Yeah. And then p- penalize. And Eric, you brought this up before. Like penalize the people who actually commit fraud. Like l- leave things open so we can innovate. A little clarity. But then if, you know, as far as like um you know rules and regulations for now just punish anyone who starts actually stealing things and committing fraud that's what that's exactly what we want from our regulators we want um you know like go after criminals don't go after the builders and like the participants go after the people that are actually defrauding people like go for that like that's right that's simple um 
I did go ahead. And I did have a go go on I your a, alpha. Well, I just want to. Uh, I have a. I'm looking at looks again, and I want to ask you guys yeah, something baby. because <clears throat> I'm looking at the rewards at and they are juicy. So, um, just quick update: looks is an open sea competitor. Um, we've talked about it before on the podcast, I think a few episodes ago. Um, but anyway, the 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 fees that OpenSea charges and OpenSea collects and goes to the OpenSea corporate treasury um, in looks looks rare. Uh, those fees go to the token holders. So the way they uh, reward those back to the token holders is if you stake your looks, um, you get actual ETH um, as a reward. So a you stake it. it, you collect ETH. Right now the the um, ETH APR, the reward rate is 430%. So you're Ooh. earning 4.3x annually on your looks in ETH. And then you earn an additional looks in and a looks token, looks. Uh, another 220%. So we talked about on the previous podcast that um, a lot of this trading volume is from wash trades. People trying to game the system and, and kind of arbitrage their way to to additional looks rewards and it seems you know i mean a, uh, a lot of it positively like almost literally 90 percent of it, it right yeah 90 yeah, percent really of it. high so um eric and i were just chatting before this and you know he made the point that these rewards cut in half in 30 days so it looks like um looks it 30 started days? on was it was it yeah. one month or two months it was a two-month thing there, there's a 30, 30 month decrease the, 30 day from the launch 30 days from, from launch, the launch right? though. So that's yeah. soon. So we're approaching I, had a, that soon. I had a mental, yeah, I had a mental note to kind of be careful around that mark. Cause I wanted to kind of see what would happen there because I mean the, the economics of it seem to dictate that the volume of the exchange will go down by 50% when this happens. Right. Right. Because most of the volume yeah. is driven by rewards. If you have the rewards, you can only profitably wash trade with like half the amount of volume Ergo, the volume should go down by half. But like, is the market already pricing that in, or is the token going to take? Like, I, I, I took a lot of profits in like the high fours, low fives. I think when we we went there, um, yeah. If you like, was it a week or two ago? I don't know because I got uh, I get a little nervous ago. about the whole Ponzi nomics of it. But like, it, this is like a project I'm I'm looking at like really carefully because I think it's. It's so interesting, right? And like, I want to be involved in stuff that's like not DeFi because I do think like a giant narrative of this year is not going to be farming and and, and decentralized finance. It's going to be you know metaverse and NFTs. That's where all the users are going. So this is an interesting play. But I look at it and like, what's the what's the fully diluted valuation now? What is it like five or six billion or something like that? Five and a half billion. Five and a half billion. Yeah. So like, I'm just asking myself, like, is this like, what is OpenSea worth? Do we think like thirty billion? Like, is 30. this project worth worthy of twenty percent of the valuation of OpenSea right now? Probably not. But I mean, no. think about. I mean, get, no. getting four times your looks value in ETH. There, there, I don't know any other project where you stake a, a native token and earn your rewards in ETH, which is which is unique because it's actually coming from trading fees. Now, it's one thing to say those are those are wash trades, but if, if we have a decrease in 30 days, so that, that comes up in nine days on, on February 10th. And then the next decrease is, I think, in 90 days from product launch. You have the 60-day window. So if we think that after this 30-day um, rewards decrease... We might see like a price adjustment. That'd be a good time to like keep an eye on it. 
um, maybe buy or maybe keep DCAing in and stake. And I mean, even if the token value drops 50%, you know, even like um, 60%, if I'm still earning a good amount in, in ETH rewards, and we'll see what that drops to after this what that, rewards yeah, adjustment. What that would but be. I, I think it's unique in that it earns you ETH. Um, so I just want to keep an eye on it leading up to this uh, February 10th. Nobody's using the damn platform, though. Uh, so I just <laughs> I'm like kind of over a, it. a Dune analytics board. Uh, I, share, I shared two of them in the chat. Uh, if somebody mm-hmm. wants to share the screen, the first one is the wash sales volume. So they they just measure um, the volume that has no um, fees associated with it um, to do the wash sales. That was like you know that was mostly like me bits and or no royalty you know associated mm-hmm. with the project. And that, that accounts for majority of the trades, like you guys said. Um, and then the second Dune analytics yeah. board I, sh- I shared was comparing uh, sales volume against OpenSea. And you can see that the volume is catching up even if you uh, remove just wash sales. So like, um, it is gaining market share over time. I think that is sort of like the investment thesis that we're going into right now. Um, so Eric, I have your second... Just Second in, Dune board up on the screen here, sharing. Okay, that's against the open C volume, right? Just like a PSA, I think that's important with Looks Rare is um, it's very much still Wild West. And in the last couple of days on Discord, I've seen at least three people mention that they like bought a fake NFT without realizing it and that they're experienced NFT, you know, degens and it happened to them. So just, I have no idea the details. I just think it's an important PSA. They're, they don't have the same sort of security measures that OpenSea does. And Shit. I guess, I don't know, it had the, something to do the with other verifying hand, projects. Getting, getting rid of uh, people's, you know, like there were there was a hack in OpenSea where people were losing their um, non-canceled trades. So like Bored Apes were going for, you know, a, a fraction of one right. ETH. Uh, Wait, so, Eric, do I have this right that Looks Rare is doing a much higher... A dollar volume, but the transactions are like a fraction of what OpenSea is doing. Does that mean that's a, a signal of wash trades because they're doing extremely high transactions in between their own wallets to capitalize on the the trading fees that Looks Rare provides? Is that are you, you kind of? Uh, I was this? looking at the one. Uh, yeah, so the the dollar volume is way higher, but then the users are way lower. So it's just a bunch yeah. of uh, trades by a couple guys. Yeah, you'll see people just like sell a floor MeBit for like 900 ETH, you know? Um, So that's why the volume is really high with the straight up numbers. So in eight days, in eight days, they're going to, uh, they're going to have the rewards. And at at that having, like, there's nothing to say that even wash trading will still remain profitable. So you might see transaction volume disappear, not just half. Right, so let's follow well, that through. So, guys, it's, it's gonna, I think I think we need. Right? Excuse me, excuse me. I think we need to talk about exactly how you guys are playing this. How are you playing it, and how will well, you play? So, I think we we need to get yeah. very specific okay, so here. The expectation is that this thing might dump after this uh, reward having. Right, when people see their yields are a lot lower, it's going to dump. Um, and so, I want to keep an eye on it. And depending on how much it it dumps, um, if it does. And we kind of keep an eye on Twitter to see like if people are finding that wash trades are, are profitable and then DCA in af- after that dump. Who knows what's going to actually happen? I just think it's a it's a 
it's a mark on the calendar to take a look at it and um, to see what the ETH rewards settle in at, you know, after the few first couple of days. And then, um, yeah, maybe make a purchase or maybe abstain. So that's that's how I'm going to look at it. But it just seems so it very interesting. Like, it sounds like a lot of us have um, taken profits uh, when this thing has touched <laughs> yeah. highs. Like I know Armand said he was like he was fully out in the in the fives, like somewhere eighty percent, eighty percent out in the, in the yeah, five dollar like plus range. Um, I'm just going to let the rest sit. I, I you know, on one of our episodes, we were talking about this when it launched, and Stephen and I bought bought more when it when it went down to the twos. Um, I, I traded oh, yeah. out of, of those, you know, like the extra purchases, but I'm still in, I'm still staking my airdrop. And I, I actually think that, um, the long-term potential of this is worthy of just staking and holding because, you know, like if, right. if we believe that open is undervalued, then, you know, if this continues to capture it was free chain, money anyway, it's free money. Anyway. Right. Yeah. So but, I mean, for, yeah. for a new person, yeah. it might not be, you know, for somebody buying in, it might not be right. free money. But I think there is upside here, maybe not from from where it is now, which is five dollars and fifty cents. But like in eight days, the rewards are going to have, and you know maybe that's your opportunity to get in if you, if you're a believer in NFT marketplaces. Right. This this is this and is for somebody who wants good, to uh, buy, probably a good point to like. Soon. I think talk about something that's really critical in DeFi, right? Which is a lot of people they buy into these protocols right and they're really attracted by the the yield or the APR right and a lot of people don't think like where does that come from and i think this project's like especially like tricky and deceptive and i don't i don't want to say that people are like tricking users right but it is it is deceptive right because you you buy this and you're like oh my god if i buy this token i get free eth right but like the fact of the matter is that when you are staked, right, you are being diluted. Like the the daily emissions, right, that are it's like a stock that issues new shares, and the the, the shares that are being issued are more than the ETH you're you're taking in, right. So it is like a bit of a net a net negative thing, like all things being equal, and it is like a really complicated equation like thinking about how to model this stuff but like that 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 eth doesn't come from nowhere it comes from people who wash trade and make more from the token than they spend in the eth fees but a lot of these guys just dump the looks on you and then you end up kind of if you're a holder you end up getting diluted although i i did see somebody write that the best way to actually acquire this token is to wash trade like if you have tons of resources and you want to build a big position the, the best way to do it is to just flip me bits to yourself back and forth for giant sums of money um but yeah it's it's, it's i mean it's tricky i just wanted to point that out to people these these aprs can really fuck with people's heads i mean my mine included it's a good, it's a good point it's a very good point i think uh this we'll probably steven Stephen, do you know is this on any like centralized exchanges yet, or is it just Uni- it's on Uniswap? It's and- right? I think it, I think it's on FTX oh, okay. and has I think it has perps and everything. Um, but FTX is not not FTX US. So if you're not if you're a if you're a US right. user, you're, you're kind of shit out of luck if you want to buy this unless you know how to use uh, use DeFi. Right. And, and to be honest, and, and maybe I can explain that because I think it's important. It's a very like, you know, simple sort of like, uh, path to buying on DeFi. And we might have already mentioned it, but like, you just need to go to Uniswap, which is a, 
a very straightforward decentralized exchange. Like that's the main place you want to buy this. And the way you buy it is first you need the Ethereum. You would buy that on your favorite centralized exchange, which is typically Coinbase. You connect your MetaMask to Uniswap and you can buy Looks token. And um, I think you guys are right. Like I think setting a little calendar invite to yourself on this is very interesting. I think we should we should revisit this. I, I think we should like m- make a mental note of this and revisit this to see how it plays right. out and talk about it in a future episode, for sure. Who else has got um, some some alpha? I, I'll tell you what I fucked yeah, up let's on. Hear it. Yeah, not not buying these fucking. I mean, I was so certain, and I'm so I'm just so could, mad at myself. Your, your conviction and the threat about it, and we're like, meh, whatever. <laughs> Everybody ignored me. Everybody ignored me. And then when I came back to say I fucked up and it didn't, and and like I can't believe it, everyone ignored me again because they were probably yeah. like, yeah, yeah, there's really wait, nothing wait, we're going to we, say. What there. are we talking about? So the CryptoPunks, the wrapped V1 oh, the CryptoPunks, yeah. were sitting at like four, five, max six ETH. Every single day I was just sitting there trying to like look at that like for a week straight. So And then over the weekend, they went to 25. So let's give a little from context. Six. I have a similar, similar pain point to you so we can have a little session together, I think. So CryptoPunks <sighs> are kind of like a, a blue chip uh NFT project. You, you may have heard about them. Um, they were one of the first NFT projects. It's it's ten thousand uh, you know profile pics essentially, and um, these things at one point I think in August went up to maybe like one hundred twenty five ETH floor, um, higher than where uh, Board Apes were. They've kind of regressed back down and they're kind of on their way back up, but considered to be for historical. They're number reasons. one or yeah, number, number two. One or number two. At all times. And so uh, yeah. the company that made these called Larva Labs, they, uh, I guess when they were tinkering around in 2017, uh, created a version and it had a bug in it. Um, if you were the buyer, it automatically somehow refunded you the amount you purchased. So the seller never got the money. And I think there's like 1,400 of them, not 10,000. And it, it seemed like a, a bug and they kind of dropped it. And moved on, and then developed the the main project, the ten thousand CryptoPunks that everyone kind of knows and loves as an NFT uh, blue chip. And so this company came around and wrapped it in a kind of new code, if you will, and fixed the bug. And said, "Hey, these things, these initial ones, these version ones that had the bug, they're actually worth quite a bit because technically they were the first CryptoPunks." even though they had a bug and wraps off around it. Um, so anyway, that's the context in the project. A lot of these uh, NFT projects or some of the older ones kind of accrue value based upon, uh, you know, were they first? Do they have any kind of historical or cultural value by being first? So anyway, um, Armand spotted them. Um, I am <laughs> mad. I am very mad. Like very mad. Like I considered buying three like not just because I was like, there's, this is serious. I was like, this is this is big. Like, there's no way this Let's is calculate big. Armand's it doesn't make sense that it's at this oppor- price. Opportunity cost here. So you were gonna buy three. It's sixty. It's sixty. Oh, you already did the pain. Okay, sixty ETH is your max. No, pain. I just did it right now. If it was six and it's twenty six now, what is it? It's twenty six. Give Armand right? all the pity here. I was gonna buy these stupid things too. 
The problem I ran into. Why didn't you respond to me? Why didn't you answer me many, then when I said, too many "Do you guys want to buy these?" Stephen, it's a crypto. Stephen was going to buy every single and nobody responded. That pumped. Stephen, can you guys hear me now? Nick was. <laughs> Nick is texting, I can't hear you. Volume low. Can you guys the, hear the me problem, now? <laughs> the problem I was running into, I was I was trying to talk to people I know to like talk this through. And I realized when I was talking to them that they all owned CryptoPunks and they, they all had like bag bias, right? They were all like, no. Exactly. And exactly. I kind of knew they were going to pump. I also I also don't really think that they're they're going to sustain any value. I think there's a lot of perverse incentives here when people kind of do these archaeological things and kind of dump their 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 bags on it like like the v1 punks that they don't have they don't have legitimacy right like the fact that they no steven no i couldn't disagree more you're telling me that like a crypto punk will be at 100 eth and this thing won't at least be worth 50 percent armon at all times has no, I don't shown his so. cards armon so. is a converger that's all he looks at every single <laughs> asset he's like this has to converge <laughs> Well, I'm looking at like even back to Cool Pets. I'm like, okay, that's worth 50%. It's got a 20,000 supply. This is 10,000 supply. We expanded the pool to 30,000. It's got to be worth at they're least not really 50%, punks, 40%. There's something Again, there. There's something there, Armand. There, there's something. There's something to converge. In. They wouldn't be worth 26, 27 ETH if they if there oh, was Oh, that's something. not a good indicator. Uh, we could point to like a thousand projects that mooned and then just that went to zero, right? Like that happens all the time. I don't NFT think this will go to zero. So here, I'd be so happy, I'll, if I'll, it goes to zero, I I'll can't wait a, to I'll buy I'll make a profit with you. I'd be happy to. Like, I, I don't think these things trade for within 10% of the floor of punks within a year. Let's do it, boys. Whoa, that's extreme. That's no, 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 hold on. I didn't ever said ten. Armand said fifty. Armand said fifty percent. That's what he said. Yeah, and Stephen was talking like it's going to zero. So mm-hmm. let's at least meet a fifty percent. What are you talking here. about? I'm, I'm I'm giving you a good bet. I gave you ten percent instead of fifty percent. <laughs> I'm giving you for oh. money. No, no, oh, no. T- with oh, no, I, mean, I said these 90%. things are going to be below ten percent of the floor bucks in a year. So right I now we're talking ninety percent. Eight ETH, they're at twenty-two. So uh, Stephen saying ten percent of. Ooh, that might. So be... it'll be below ten ETH, probably, is what Stephen's saying. Armand's gonna take that bet. Yeah, all he can take back sixty ETH. Yeah, I you go go for it. I think you're gonna you're gonna. He's a convergor. Of course, he's going with it. <laughs> why are these Why are these things gonna have value? Right? There's this idea that like what they they have value just because they were like first, right? I think ever, I think it's a funny trade because there's a million people <laughs> no, like they're you part out of the there project. Who are probably thinking this, so I think it's an amazing trade. I mean, now I've missed the damn trade, but I think it was a good trade. But like, are they going to sustain value? No. If the crypto punk community embraces, fuck, no question. Zero percent chance. If they, they don't embrace, 0%. okay, I, I I think I agree with you there. I think nothing I is zero. zero. It's probably I'm more say like twenty point zero one. Yeah, it's like ten thousand one odds. <laughs> But even if they don't, when you have a thousand of something, that's a community in and of itself. Like, no, come on. There's, like, a, there's a lot. Look there's at, a lot of people bag holding complete trash in the in with communities a thousand strong. Like that doesn't. It, it doesn't. Okay, let's let's uh, let's let's zoom back out. Let's like make this actually like valuable in some some way here. What we had was, I, I think, an opportunity to get in on an NFT. That was associated to like a, a grail blue chip NFT. And it was sitting at six ETH and it came out all of a sudden because they sort of fixed the the bug or whatever, right? They wrapped it 
Like it was, can you explain that, Nick? Like how, what, what they did to fix? Do you know? Exactly? Yeah, it, it was an older version like, of uh, an NFT. I don't, I don't know the exact type of token. Um, it wasn't ERC-721. It was an older type of token. Right. Um, so I believe they wrapped it in an ERC-721 token. So for example, the OG CryptoPunks, the ones that are actually worth money, um, are, are, are back, back yeah, bias. Probably, bag. uh, can't, can't be traded in OpenSea because they, um, are an older, uh, token type. So I think what they did was took the old token type, wrapped it in the newer one, fixed the bug. Um, and that's how they, they solved the issue. It, it also might be that there's, um, you know, uh, a smaller portion, 14% of these also lower supply might make it. And here's another thing. Larva Labs, you know, there's there's a lot of derivative projects that come up and, and Larva Labs, which rarely speaks about the market, you know, ups and downs, kind of like the Fed. They like pretend not to care about what the market says and don't comment on it. But, you know, behind the scenes, they're probably really watching it pretty closely. They came out and said uh, on January 25th, PSA V1 punks are not official crypto punks. We don't like them and we've got a thousand of them. So draw your own conclusions. Any proceeds will be used to purchase real crypto punks. So naturally, because they had created these, you know, bugged uh, V1 crypto punks, they owned the significant majority of them. So I think what they did was their intent was to kind of uh, dump on the holders by selling a bunch of them. And then they did uh, use some of the proceeds to purchase crypto punks. Uh, but by acknowledging them, I think they gave them a little bit of validity um, just by acknowledging them. And they, they went on a subsequent run. I don't know if that uh, pump is going to going to last, though. So anyway. Totally Streisand affected them for sure. <laughs> I didn't know any of that for the record. Okay. So okay. you're just, you're just on the right. I'll still take the bet. It, it is a good, I'll like kind of deeper meta question. Like what makes an NFT yeah. valuable? And it's like, to me, what makes something valuable isn't just pure archeological significance, right? There is this concept of like legitimacy to borrow from that old Vitalik article, right? Like, some things are legitimate and some things are not. And it's not necessarily a thing that you can just quantify by a, a timestamp of the blockchain. It's a little more complicated than that. And punks have been around for a long time. That community has grown out of, of nothing and been through a lot, right? So to, to think that some new thing is going to just come in and displace all that because it was a bug that kind of predated it. I, I'm open to the idea that it could happen, but I, I you know, I put that at a very, low probability so here's what i would need to see to change my think... view is that crypto punk holders would want to buy their matching v1 crypto punk um to kind of have a hold on on that you so know just burn it you just buy it and just burn it burn it Nick, are they but there's only are they there's only claimable like like, are they claimable to, like, what, how did they even get out there? Like, can, can, what was a bug? So, holders claim their one or? It, imagine, yeah, I don't know how the other 400 like got out, but imagine if you're a software developer. I mean, they should have released this on a test net, not on the main net. But in any case, uh, they had a bugged project. I think, um, they held them. I don't know how 400 of them also got, you know, put out there. Um, maybe they traded hand. I think maybe they were available to mint at some point and then they realized there was a bug. So maybe that was, that was a scenario that, that came about. Um, so anyway, I think that's something to, to keep an eye on. I mean, I don't, I think the trade's over at this point, you know, like, I don't know if you want to buy yeah. now. I think the, the yeah. risk is just no. way, 
way too old. But um, who else? Uh, yeah, I feel you're paying though. Maybe you should have bought one that. and not yeah, like just bought terrible. You know, that was yeah. the problem. It was like kind of getting a little like like over zealous, if you will, in a way. Well, did anyone else have any winners or losers? Because uh, even losers are important, right? And I think that what we actually are still trying to figure out is, to Stephen's point, is there really a formula here for NFT success? Because I don't know anyone who has created a formula for that or a framework for that. We all talk about like variables, but the same variables never exist in all the winners. And it's just this, I, I, I don't know uh, how to like really capture that because I think that's something people constantly wonder. How do I know if this is a winner or I'm just going to get rugged? Um, it's, it's very hard to tell. I've been, yeah, I've been I mean, waiting I, to go, I, but like, I don't think, uh, I don't have really anything to say about this NFT. Like we're so NFT focused. Yeah. I have like, uh, I have like macro. Nah, go, go where you want to take me with you. Where are we going? Well, you know, I have a, I had a wider purview cause I'm, I'm looking at markets in general, you know, not just crypto, not just NFTs. I'm looking, I'm looking across the entire investable universe and, um, I think it's important to just talk through the process whether or not we're talking about individual investments, but I think you guys are actually going to like this. Um, when I'm looking at risk assets as a whole, which like Bitcoin and ETH have now become part of that landscape, um, and I'm looking at growth equities, they, they seem to trade sort of in line right now. Uh, I took some, some notes from, from this week. Um, this is important. Like We're in a pretty clear downward trend, I mean, and that's pretty obvious. But like, has the pendulum swung too far? Bearish. That, that's like a question we're all asking. And um, when I'm looking at options markets, that's, uh, you, can, you can like bifurcate options from um, less than 10 contracts and more than 10 contracts, meaning are these retail buyers or are they, are they big players? And the retail buyers have historically been really bullish. Like they're, they're always just buying lottery tickets, meaning they're like they're buying call options like out of the money calls. And that's still the case. But over the last week, they flipped to the put side 40% higher than we were in March of 2020. And this, like their level of buying, retail buying has only been this high three other times in history. Um, and those times were like associated with the internet bubble of like early 2000s. So this is, this hmm. is a moment for me where I'm thinking like, okay, what, what is going on here? I think. And just to interject real quick, what, Eric, just sim very simply put buying is meaning you think things are going to go down, right? That's what you're betting. Right. So people buying right. okay. puts are, are buying yeah. protection to the downside and cool. people buying calls are, are buying uh, speculation to the upside. So cool. put buying is, is bearish actors and, and retail buyers have been more bearish this week than in the last 20 years. Uh, that moment to me signifies something That's like, insane, like man. maybe we're getting a little too bearish. However, in the previous three times that this happened, it also signified a, a very long bottoming process. Um, so Ooh. we might be like, maybe the pendulum did swing too far. And, and I think like, I guess at the start of this week, we're, we're seeing like more money come into growth equities. We're seeing a like kind of a bounce, you know, like earnings are propping up things like Google earnings, Facebook, Microsoft, they're all kind of like propping up growth equity markets, which like I think Bitcoin and ETH are kind of trading in line with that. 
Um, but as I'm looking at this ecosystem, this universe, I'm seeing um, just a lot of bearishness, like way more than we've ever seen uh, in a long, long time. So when I'm looking at macro, I think like maybe it's still too soon. To, like I think Steven said this two episodes ago, but he was like, it's probably still too soon to be buying heavy. It probably is still too soon. We're going to probably uh, mimic that long bottoming process that we had from like the, the dot-com bubble era. But the pendulum probably has swung too far. It's gotten a little too scared. And, um, you know, hmm. I think this could be a good time to accumulate. But, you know, I, I'm with Nick. I was looking at, at, at looks token. I'm looking at things that are sort of non-correlated to broad risk assets. And, and like so- I think wool also qualifies but you know are, are cetera, you are you starting to dca into the market or 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 because like if, you, if you're identifying that we're potentially oversold are you starting or are you just saying i'm acknowledging that we're potentially oversold and that you know in the next coming month to two months might be a good time to enter yeah i i, I think that's the second thing is probably more right it's like it's probably a little too early to be buying but like maybe if you if you use like a a 12 month DCA or something like actually I, I, my, my base case thesis is that we're going to have really? nine months of down. And this is all tethered to the macro data points that we've been talking about before, which is like inflation. If inflation starts to normalize, which uh, you know, there, there is some data to suggest that like, you know, inflation won't be as bad going forward as it was before. Um, if inflation is not so bad, then, then the Fed doesn't have to tighten as much as they said they were going to. And if the Fed doesn't have to tighten as much, then you know maybe this this party keeps going. Um, so that's where my mind is at. Um, but you know, there's a lot of complexity because when the Fed, like when when inflation is not going, and, and we're going to a flattening yield curve, it also suggests that growth is not there anymore. So you know you have to take that into consideration. But at the end of the day, buying these things cheap is better than buying them expensive. So you know, you could easily argue now is the time to DCA, but it, you know, I think I there's think probably it, still some more room down. It's interesting that the market is pricing in five rate hikes for the year. So that means at, at minimum, let's call it 1.25% increase in the Fed funds rate, which is essentially going to be a 1.25% interest rate. Um, that seems, that seems ag- aggressive and maybe we're kind of overshooting that, you know, a little bit. So, you know, to that end, maybe that lines up with what you're seeing on these like uh, put put buying. Um, I personally yeah. think you're right, Nick. I think I think that's right. And you know, I, I on the one hand, the Fed, like Powell has has actually said, like we don't think there's any risk to raising uh, interest rates up to 1.25 or beyond because uh, employment numbers are so are so strong and like as a part of their dual mandate, they think that, you know, that side is not threatened by, by yeah. increasing the rates have, that high. Have, have you noticed they, they kind of do these things where the different fed presidents, the different regional areas will kind of do these one-off interviews. I think one did one interview with the financial times where they said, you know, a 50, 50 basis point increase, a 0.5% increase in the interest rate is not off in, in one, in one meeting, which would, would be a more aggressive. Usually it's in, in, you know, quarter of a percent increases or decreases. And so I feel like that's them like throwing out a flyer just to see what the market says so they can kind of uh, feel out if they did do one, would the market react, you know, in a massive sell-off or would they take it in stride um, and maybe take that as, okay, 
now we're we're ahead we're catching up to inflation and so we're kind of at equilibrium again so i feel like they kind of do these things where they send out one guy on a on you know one media news outlet and see how the market reacts um so yeah i mean maybe that is that they're thinking about coming out aggressive but i think in the end five rate hikes over the next nine months seems kind of uh tough for the market to take um and tough for the federal government particularly yeah you're right particularly if inflation begins to normalize on its own and they don't have to fight against that then why would they you know why would they tighten so hard Mm -hmm. So you think we're going to see a long, just to get down to like what the, what the possible trade is, we, we could see a, a longer bottoming out, lo- a longer like sideways action almost where you will have time to kind of DCA into the things that you, you like, the cherry pick. And then, you know, when you're looking at non-correlated assets, like even um, some of the crypto things that, that are moving up and down regardless of the, the macro, what interest rates are doing, what risk on risk off capital is doing. Um, you like to play those because those are going to have m- maybe more volatility than um, than some of these more like generic things like uh, tech growth equities or something. Right, and and just to put uh, yeah, you're just to put a tighter time frame around it. I think um, this like growth equity sideways with a downward tilt is probably six months, not not two years. I think you know six months from now we're it it could be lower, but then. You know, twelve months from now, we're probably back into a, a bullish sort of return. So long as inflation normalizes, that's my that's my base case. So I have another. So Eric, are you making? I said one more follow up question on that. So um, Eric has yeah. a, a done a trade before where he sells call options to people. So the people buying call options are the people who are saying, "Hey, I'll pay a, a premium, a fee, in order to buy this stock potentially at a higher price in the hopes that it, it goes up and, and crosses that that price." And Eric has played a trade where he's happily selling that to them um, and kind of collecting that fee. Um, for providing them that option to to buy the stock and 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 hopes it, it goes up. So, um, my question is, when you when you kind of feel going forward, there's going to be this maybe flat to slight downward tilt in the market. Um, are you happy to collect those fees? You know, the, the market isn't super bullish, so those fees are probably not as high as they were, say, in 2020. But but still, are you happy to collect those those premiums uh, selling the call options? It's a tough question because like I sell these, these like short dated ones that are week, a week long. And, um, what I'm seeing now is like this, this sort of reverse trade. Like a, it's a bounce in, in growth equity and crypto and stuff like Bitcoin and ETH kind of bounce. So I'm less, uh, likely to sell calls against those right now. But what I am probably more over the next six months is going to be looking to sell puts, meaning, hmm. um, I'll collect the fees. But on the way down, if even if I lose the trade, then I'll then I'll own the underlying, meaning like I'll I'll buy ETH for cheaper, I'll buy Bitcoin for cheaper, I'll buy mm. growth equities that I like for cheaper. Got it. I like it. Yeah. So Eric, what are you go ahead, Steven. If you have because I'm I'm actually curious your your take on this and especially the the kind of what would Ray Dalio do <laughs> sort of perspective. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about volatility a little bit. Obviously, well, I don't know if it's obvious, but when you're when you're selling options, right, you're typically, like, it's, it, people like to sell them when volatility spikes, right, because your premium is going to be very high and you're sort of betting on 
volatility decaying. A lot of people think options are just about predicting price movements, but actually it's like very frequently just like a volatility play directionally. Um, I think the VIX lately has been really interesting with the VIX being the, the volatility index of the S&P 500. And I, I think people who are like a little mm-hmm. more sophisticated about the market kind of pay more attention to volatility than your average retail person who might just kind of look at um, price. And, you know, I've seen, you know, technical people who kind of talk about macro talking about the VIX lately and how it's sort of like entering almost, you could, you could look at it in a way if you squint where we're sort of like entering like a sort of macro uptrend on, on volatility, which could be a, you know, pretty nasty harbinger of, 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 of things to come. Like if that trend continues and this, this is sort of like the great question of our time, right? We've had for a long time now, these people who are basically saying the whole system is a giant Ponzi. It's going to collapse in a fiery ball of, you know, chaos. Right. And then the people being like, okay, you could be, a, if you've been a perma bear since 2009, you've basically just lost like incredible, incredible amounts of money because that hasn't come to play. So then we're all faced with this larger question of like, do we ever have that moment where we lose 50% on the stock index and everything really goes to hell, at which point you get all these generational buy prices on crypto? Or are we right now just in like yet another one of these long lines of like, oh my God, it's going to blow up, but it, it doesn't. And it's just another buy the dip opportunity. I do think the dip mm-hmm. we just had was it, it, like objectively speaking, if you look at the, the S and P, right, which which I do, and I think if you if you trade crypto at all seriously, right, you don't just look at crypto because it is sort of correlated with the same trade. And when you look at like the SPX, right, the, the S and P lately, like that's a pretty nasty fall we took. Um, and I, Eric, you, you were saying earlier how like retail got like super super bearish, and I. I, this is something I've struggled with, right? Because I, I definitely think we got to a point like a week ago or, or so where it was obviously too much, right? Everybody was buying puts, everybody was doomsday, right? And that was probably a good trade for the bounce. And, and we did bounce. We bounced like really hard in, in everything, right? Like S&P's way up. ETH is probably up like 25% off of its lows, right? But now I think we're in like a we're in like a dangerous area again, right? If you if you look at you know a chart of the S and P, like we we've you don't have to be like a, a a technician to look at the chart and be like, okay, we like broke a structure. There's a very obvious upline. We had a bad down candle, and now we're sort of coming up to test like the the bottom of that again, right? So if you're a if you're a bull, you want to see price in this area like very powerfully go back into that that channel and kind of continue on right and like eth today especially worried me because i was looking at eth and we're kind of rallying into that kind of critical area again where you think that price may run into some resistance and going up and you want to see like a strong move there and to me it looked like very you know it didn't inspire confidence we kind of came up like volume was kind of declining and we didn't see like a big move so i'm i'm a little concerned about that um it definitely feels to me like the worst isn't over yet and we may have like another really really bad leg down i mean that being said like if you're a long-term investor these are still probably 
buy levels, right? But if you're trading for the next quarter and you buy here, you're like, yeah, you, you might, you might get wrecked, but you know, so, most people probably so Steven, be doing that, I think right? this is a good segue because you were, you just kind of like talked about the long-term holder. So what I'm interested in also yes. is like the fundamentals of these investments and like Ethereum in particular has some very interesting catalysts to the upside on the near term horizon, you know, like the, uh, the merge, what is it, what is it? The merge to, to ETH 2.0, this like triple happening idea. Um, how do you fold that into your investment thesis? So my generalized investment thesis is that right now, no matter what you think is going to happen in crypto, if macro doesn't want to come along for the ride, it doesn't matter. I think everything is still just too much of like a really big risk on trade where everything is just correlated with what's the Fed doing, where's liquidity, right? And that can make it like really hard to, to buy anything because you want to be buying things on the basis of fundamentals. But in reality, it's just a big like risk on risk off trade, right? So I, I to, to, to your point, like what? I think at some point this year, it may have already happened, but like I, I think at some point this year, we're going to get like probably the, the greatest generational opportunity to, to buy Ethereum that we may ever have again, right? Like if you look at, for, for people who aren't aware of this, right? Like it, last summer, Ethereum rolled out a, a change to how the, the network functions where, where gas fees are, are burned instead of just distributed to miners. And it's resulted in this like crazy dynamic where normally we issue ETH every year to secure the network and the, it's inflationary. But lately, we've been burning so much Ethereum from the usage of the network that it's at times gone negative. And I, I have watchtheburn.com pulled up right now, <laughs> taking yeah. a look at this for the last like the last 30 days. There's been a 97.24% reduction in issuance, meaning like over the last month. We've burned $1.1 billion worth of ETH in just the last month. And we've had effectively like no net issuance, right? So what we have going on right now is we have this weird dynamic where on the supply side, right? If you look at some of these metrics, if you look at Ethereum held on exchanges, right? It's just a line down since like, like early 2020, basically, just straight down, right? And you you see ETH being burned. Like the actual supply itself is is going down, right, relative to what it normally would have been. So when I say supply side, I mean like, you know, where, where ETH might normally be sold, people who might be selling or the supply of ETH to sell, it's going down like crazy. And the problem is like on the on the buy side, right? There just hasn't been this like institutional demand to come in and like bid this up for for a while. So you have this weird dynamic where if you look at things from one side of the one side of the equation, it, it seems like holy god, this this is like a powder keg ready to explode because supply basically just keeps going down, 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 down. Whether it's it's being burned, it's being taken off exchanges, it's being locked in like contracts throughout DeFi, right? But because we haven't had buyers come in to buy yet, we just haven't seen like a, a huge move, right? Um, and it, it's weird. These conditions can persist for a while where you have just 
like everything looks like, oh my God, price is going to move. But if nobody comes to buy, nothing happens. But that can turn around so quickly. Like if the bid right. does return to the market at some point and the bid returns and then we get ETH2 rolling out this year, which is going to basically burn even more ETH, right? If those two things kind of come to the market at the same time, like I, I do see the possibility for just like an absolute explosion in the price at some point, right? Because when the bid returns, there's not going to be any ETH for them to buy anymore. And that could be like nuts. But it's such a hard thing to, to, to try to plan for because like macro does look like complete shit. And ETH, if you look at any sort of like longer term metrics, can for sure go down to like 500, 800 bucks. That's like completely within the normal volatility of ETH, which is hard to wrap your head around as an investor. So, you know... I don't know what else to tell people other than to say that, you know, the, the next year is unpredictable, but like five years out, 10 years out, if you have that mindset, like there's so many good things immediately on the horizon and that there's, there's, there's so much less ETH to buy, relatively speaking, than there was like a year ago or two yeah. years ago or three years ago. I mean, the most, the most important thing I heard is that at some point this year, if not this year right now, in and of itself, depending on your time horizon, this is the greatest opportunity ever to take part in probably the best price you'll ever see for crypto. Steven specifically said Ethereum, but let's just call it crypto as a whole, this whole industry as a whole. Nick, like we just unpacked like a ton right. of shit. What does that I mean, all mean so to you? So I think the the reason this is important is because I think cumulatively between this group, we see the next leg of, of ETH price being somewhere between, at least me personally, somewhere between like 10 and 18K, depending on how much of a blow off top we have, like we've seen in past past years. So, you know, you are looking at, you know, a three to four X, I think in, in our base case, um, and like Steven said, this thing could go, this kind of uh, consolidation at this price with some potential local bear markets could persist for another year or two. But if you have the patience over a, a one to three year period, you could see a, a 4X plus uh, price movement. So I think, you know, maybe the risk to downside is is maybe 50%, but your your upside is, is three to 4X over the next two to three years, I think conservatively. So that's why this is important. And um, yeah, I'd agree. Like we are in kind of this Goldilocks uh, feel. It's what it feels like to me of whether, you know, we could go down more or we're going to kind of continue to consolidate more and, and, and move up. But I just think it's important to acknowledge the potential impact and the potential return that, that could come yeah. um, from slowly making purchases over the next you know, a few months to six months to, to the whole year. Right. Even. Let me, let me try and put a yeah. bow on that. And then if someone can think of a really good, juicy alfalfa drop to yeah. take us home with. Um, so like, look, I think ultimately what we're hearing is like over the next six months, year up to even two years, we could be entering a period where there's going to be massive opportunities to buy this asset that is going to pay wonderful dividends and uh, ultimately serve as like your new form of wealth. It's going to be, uh, if you participate, a massive majority of your 
your wealth portfolio. And what most people do when they're on the outside looking in and they, they, they can't wrap their minds around the things that a professional like Steven is looking at is they tend to copy and emulate what other people are doing. And what other people are doing is almost always wrong. <laughs> so like, please, let's just note that. And after everything you've heard, understand that like when Bitcoin or Ethereum or crypto or NFTs is in the news and your neighbor who has no money is telling you that they think they want to buy a cartoon JPEG, uh, that's generally a signal that you're getting in a little too late. And what you want to do is you want to wait for the bloodbath. You want to wait for CNN and Fox News and CNBC to talk shit about everything we're doing here. And that is your opportunity. And, and when I say talk shit, I mean, they're there saying like, ha, 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 this all is yeah. a scam. Uh, you know, the cartoon JPEGs fell apart. Uh, you know, Bitcoin is, is, is down to all time lows for the last two years or, you know, 200 week, um, lows have been hit, like whatever it is, it's something like that. That is when you want to have your cash reserves ready to go. And that's when you want to strike and you could do it that way, or you could do it in a dollar cost average way where you literally just set a, an amount of money. When you go, this is the amount of money I'm going to put in once a month or once, you know, like one, one thing I've also dealt with is like, I also don't like the once a month cadence because I'm like, oh my God, there's so much volatility within one month. So I actually up that at times to once a week. And I'm just like, here's the money. Let's call it a hundred dollars. And I'm going to divide that up between six months. And I'm going to say, what is that divided by the number of weeks in six months? And that's how much I'm going to buy on Coinbase every single week. So just determine that for yourself and just know that over this next year, there's a tremendous opportunity. I think that's the most important part about all of this. Anything to add to that, anybody? Good job, man. That was it. Good job. You said it right. Because I think, yeah, I think mo mo most people tend to get a little bit lost in, in some of those concepts because it creates fear for them. They're like, well, the fundamentals of how this all works, I just... I can't understand it. And I feel like a, a fucking pawn. I feel like a, a, a little chess piece in the game. And it's, it's actually a little overwhelming. I'll, I'll be honest. I think especially as someone that like had to learn these things along the way and, and, and didn't really participate in this stuff in like high school and middle school, I was like, I had to learn them. And I was like, man, that's really intimidating to most people. Cause it's just like, if you don't take the time to learn this stuff, it's just like, whoa, this game is much bigger than me. It's scary. I don't even want to play, but you should play. And what you should play is the classic Warren Buffett quote, honestly, I think is the best way to play it. If people are being greedy, like what's the quote, Eric, exactly? Uh, Do you know? Be fearful when people are greedy and be greedy when people are fearful. And, and I, I'd add Boom. on to that is like, not just when they're fearful, but when they're not talking about it. You know, when it kind of just evaporates from the conversation, that's when mm. it seems, you know, really ripe. And ideally, we'd all like to sell into these pumps. And when things are agnostic to fearful, that's when we want to be finding things to, to buy. It's hard in reality, but I think that's that's what we're what we'd like to do. Um, especially yeah, for I, I, think the most, I think the most important thing here is like we. It's really sexy to talk about, is the price going to go up? Is the price going to go down? Is this the right. bottom? Like, obviously, everybody likes to speculate on that. 
But like mo- the the vast majority of people, they 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 put they put too much effort into should I buy here? Is this the bottom? Like they 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 spend like ninety eight percent of their mental energy like thinking like is this right? Bottom? The reality of the situation is that people need to spend less time about worrying about the bottom and just more time worrying about like are they buying good assets right because most people's problem yes. is the timing right it's that they buy stuff that's trash that's like kind of destined to go to zero right so as long as you're buying good stuff right like you're not going to go broke buying bitcoin you might not have a sexy thousand x but you're going to be fine in 20 years if you buy at these prices yeah right so it's 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 less timing it's more it's not even like it's just like a discipline thing, right? It's not like people don't know that they should only really like buy Bitcoin and ETH. Like the vast majority of people, like yes. to stay in their lane and just be kind of aware of what they do and don't know. If you're not going to put in like all of the grind work that's required to actually like learn about this like longer tail stuff, then you probably shouldn't be buying it with any like real amount of money, right? And that's 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 sort of and. Uh- just as a reminder just as a reminder steven said on one of our previous episodes that the the holy portfolio was like bitcoin ETH, stable coins real estate just just to remind everybody ah and if you have big old balls of conviction like michael saylor you don't care what the price is (laughs) you buy the tops anyway which is what he just recently said he's like i don't give a fuck like i'll buy it at any time we have the cash we're buying like that's it so it is it is because when i look back even on like some of the best stock trades i've made like before i ever was involved in crypto it's exactly what steven said i would sit there and i would overanalyze price and i you know one of my best trades has been one of my best buys not even trades has been nvidia and i would sit there and i'd be like uh Okay, maybe today was not the right day. Maybe I'll buy it tomorrow. Let me let me try to get like an extra 5% edge. 5%. What is 5% when you're making a thousand percent? You know, so it it's meaningless. Buy things you believe in. That's yeah. all that matters. If I, if I Do just, we have uh, uh, I'll I'll take it home, I guess, with a little bit of specific stuff, just so that we're not yep. like too high level engineers. If anybody out there is like a little bit of a DGN and you're you don't want to just buy Bitcoin and <laughs> we tell you that like all the time. Sure, you're like sure. I and get most it. people you are know. these days. Um, there is some interesting stuff happening in 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 DeFi right now. If you know how to yield farm, if you know how to kind of take stable coins and get like a pretty good interest rate on them, or you want to learn how to do that, right? One of the reasons I'm not jumping into the market right now is because like the risk reward on like ETH looks like you know a little iffy to me. Um, when compared to the fact that you can make like 20, 25% on, on crypto cash right now, still, if you know what you're doing. And that's also another indicator I look at in the market, right? When stablecoin yields are still really, really high, to me, it's like a sign that the market is still kind of risk on and might have like a little more downside in it. Like I, I generally feel a little more comfortable buying when all these yields are sort of collapsed because it's like kind of like a sign of capitulation. Right. Um, but a couple of things I'm looking at, like the, the the Phantom ecosystem has been like really, 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 really good for for yields for a long time uh, for a lot of stuff. If you want to mess around with some stable coins on there, uh, urine finance, right, makes it like really, really easy. I mean, last I checked, you could get 16, 17 percent on die with like a single deposit there. Um, and if you want to be a little more 
adventurous there's there's definitely stuff you can find uh liquid driver is a really interesting protocol if you want to take on a little more risk and farm stuff i've been doing a strategy where i take stable coins and i put them in uh in like a scream or like a lending platform and i'll you get the deposit interest on the stables and then i'll borrow like the native token like phantom um and then use that to pool and then i'll be kind of taking on obviously the the risk of those uh, prices moving a lot and losing uh, money if that happens. But over the long run, right? If you're if you're collecting 70 percent interest, right? That that should sort of balance it out. So that's something I like. And another thing to look out for um, the the Metis system has been pretty good. Metis is a L two uh, built on top of ETH. Uh, Vitalik's mom <laughs> is involved with it. <laughs> Um, but there, there's, you, you can get 17, 18%, 18% on stables and, uh, Agora, which is kind of like the Ave of Metis. And if you want to be a little more adventurous and, and pool like your stables with, uh, with the Metis native token, uh, I saw 250% APYs today when I was hopping around in there. So there's a lot of really juicy yields still in DeFi, um, kind of bite off however much you want. So Steven. To, you know, I, I love that, but I have I have a problem, and I think I have the problem that most people have, which is like, how do I do that? Like some of these I know how to do, and others I've never even been on those like sites before. I've never even played with those protocols. Like, would you be willing to show us? Perhaps maybe we can upload little clips to YouTube of you walking us through some of these things. Or I mean, how do we actually help people? How do we actually show people how to get these yields? Because like. I don't have the time to go and learn and I don't really trust other people on YouTube. I want the DeFi Lord tutorial. I don't want the, I don't, I don't Steps want the other economists because I don't trust just them. Let me follow along. Please. Just hire him. Hire please. Steven. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I do think there are a lot of good tutorials on YouTube though. I think it, 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 it can be, I guess it can be overwhelming as a newbie because you don't, know who to trust right but if i was to like kind of really consolidate this advice and make it you know pretty dense um step one is to get your coins off of an exchange and to go on to ethereum right and just figure out that process right how do i use metamask right how do i even do that that's that's step one i think step two if you're not a power user is to get your money onto a layer two or a side chain as quickly as possible figure out how to bridge your money from Ethereum to Polygon uh, or Avalanche or Phantom. Those are probably really great, like user-friendly things. Um, and they also have really good yield opportunities. Um, like Arbitrum is a true layer two, but I don't know if I'd recommend people going there because the fees are actually still kind of high right now and the yield isn't really great. Um, but Matic is like kind of like a good happy medium to me. It's like a little closer to the Ethereum ecosystem, but still has some interesting stuff to do. So if you can figure out how to get funds onto Polygon, right? Then to me, like the first step of the equation is like learn how to use Ave. Ave is like one of the why Ave specifically over every other Dex. And well, Dex Ave is not a Dex. decentralized. Ave is a lending exchange, platform, right? But that's like kind of the basis. Oh, if there's of no exchange. That's oh, like the okay. basis of yeah. DeFi, right? Like at its very base layer, I want to take my capital and I want to put it somewhere and I want to make it productive. I want to earn interest on it, right? 
So the very most basic thing mm-hmm. you can do is to get your hands on some stable coins, right? Move those stable coins over to Matic, you know, via the Matic bridge, probably, unless you can find an exchange with direct withdrawals, which is the best. But I don't think we have a lot of those yet. But then once you have, you know, stable coins on Matic and you have a little bit of Matic token to pay for the gas, you know, don't need a lot, but you need a little bit. Once you do that, like the most basic thing you can do is to take your stable coins and deposit them in Aave, right? Aave, very, very blue chip um, protocol. Nothing's going to happen to your funds there. It's, it's, $20 it's billion about dollars as safe as there. it gets as far as like the, the risk goes. And if you put stable coins in Aave, you're going to earn. You know, well, didn't we recommend Curve before? 15% on them probably, depending on what the demand is that day. Um, and that's the basic thing. And that, that you can learn a lot by doing that. You can learn how to interact with the protocol and and, and, and sign sign things in your wallet um, and, and, and start no. making a little bit of money. I still need right? the tutorial. And then... I think step two from there for people is probably to learn how to use Curve. Curve is like one step up in the, the difficulty from Aave. Um, a little more complexity. You have to learn what is a liquidity pool? How do I get in a liquidity pool? And then, oh, there's this other step once I'm in the pool where I have to stake my pool tokens into a gauge and earn farm tokens. So that already is going to be like really overwhelming for a lot of people who have never done this before because you've just layered on all these steps. But I would say for that, like there are a lot of tutorials on how to do that, how to interact with Curve with stable coins. It's a safe, it's a safe protocol. Like, it, you know, relatively speaking in the, in the realm of DeFi, that's where I would focus my energy first for people. And then I think once you get that down, if you're still feeling spicy, you can kind of start going a few more layers down the rabbit hole, but that would be my broad recommendation to people. Cool. I like it. Still want the tutorial. That doesn't. Well, that people doesn't, want it. That we'll doesn't cut it for me. <laughs> uh, speaking of tutorials and just general things, um, by the way, I'm going to say something. But who has an alfalfa drop for today? Who's got the big one? Let us like, have it. Let us have it. Is it going to be you? I like uh, who? I mean, me. no. I, I like um, I, Stevens mentioned from from last week, which was still the Phantom Token uh, ticker symbol FTM. Um, you know, one of the things that I look at with all these, so Phantom is kind of a Ethereum competitor. Uh, it's a you know, quote unquote, Ethereum killer, maybe. And the fact that someone like Steven is operating on this platform means it has utility. There are applications that are, are doing well. Money is migrating over. And the metric we use to value, um, you know, how much money is moving over onto a layer one like Ethereum or, or Phantom is, is total value locked. And total value locked, I mean, just at the beginning of the year was $4.6 billion, and we're sitting at $9.3 billion. So we're looking at the, the amount of money that's been locked in Phantom has doubled since the beginning of the year, but the price hasn't necessarily moved. So, you know, when we look at the market cap or the price relative to how much total value locked money is on the platform, it still seems significantly undervalued compared to the other um, options, which are things like Ethereum, uh, AVAX, um, you know, Terra, uh, Binance Smart Chain. It is. It seems like by that metric, mm. by the price of the token and how much money is actually on the platform locked being used, um, seems seems undervalued. So I don't know. 
What does I that think, uh, What does that mean? It's like a, just good token. Yeah, good I mean, token I'm, to I'm DCAing into it. You know, if when I'm selling some things, yeah, I'm kind of uh, selling some NFTs that that kind of got went up in value and using that money to kind of decrease the amount of NFT exposure I have and back into some of these uh, alter, alternate layer ones um, for 2022. And that's got the it. one that I think seems the price doesn't oh. seem to be obvious, but it just seems, I don't know the fact that like power users like Steven are on there. The money is, is kind of being attracted to there. The price while it has gone up, you know, over the last six months, I don't think it's uh, taken into account the, um, the the recent spike in, in total value lock. So kind of borrowing from what Steven said, I think, but uh, I've been mm. eyes on it hardcore. I like I like what Nick said there. I think an important point to make is that Phantom is still part of that risk asset trade and it, it will probably trade down with with the beta of, you know, like all risk assets, ec- growth equity, uh, Bitcoin ETH, et cetera. And, you know, as, as those things sort of show weakness phantom will continue to show weakness but but to nick's point when things turn around phantom will turn around harder it'll bounce higher than bitcoin ethereum so yeah so that's it's, you know it's i'm not inter- hmm. interesting way to play i'm it. not bullish enough to just dump it all in there but i'm trying to put chunks in every week um you know to see just kind of dollar cost average in but it just seems kind of one of those trades that not a lot of people talking about steven's actively using it and it it, it seems like it, it the, the downside risk is is relatively low for um you know what what could potentially happen I like it. on the upside i like it that's phantom with an FTM. f d jensen d Genets. ftm ticker symbol ftm i think it's on most exchanges if i'm not mistaken uniswap is where your, your best bet is i think well. uh, binance also has it Okay, sweet. Well, actually, one thing I just thought of mentioning, you guys don't even know I'm going to mention this. So shout out to, honestly, the Alfalfa support squad uh, WhatsApp thread for a lot of the alpha that we ourselves are getting. Um, There's a lot of alfalfa in there. And, um, you know, I just had this thought. I was like, we need to expand that because there's about 30 friends in there. And uh, 30 friends, I should say. And I think that there's so many of you listening that would probably really enjoy uh, being in that group. Because just imagine like a week-long, 24-7 version of everything that we're doing here on the show, on the Alfalfa podcast. And uh, I think if enough people show interest over time, I mean, obviously, we're going to do this is just to have our own Discord and just really start to build this thing out. Uh, we want to start to get really serious about this. It really matters to us. We're having a ton of fuck ton of fun with it. And uh, there's no point if we're not sharing more and more alfalfa with you guys like day in and day out outside of the show. And we even, we're even thinking about doing the show live as well. So like if you're still listening right now, like first of all, fuck, thank you. We love you. I hope you got something out of it. And uh, we're only going to get better. And we're thinking of doing it live and like just having more of a dynamic back and forth where we take questions and just have more of a, of an engagement, a, a two-way conversation. So if you want that, if you want us to set up Discord, if you want us to start to really build this community out, just hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, or send a DM, make fun let of us know. in we'll Apple Podcast reviews and then mention you want in the yes, thread please. and we'll add you. 
Yeah, make yes, fun of please. us on there with five stars, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Good stuff. That was a great sesh. Later. See you guys next time. All right, amigos. Peace. Later. All right, you little DGens, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed. Head to alfalfapod.com for all of our links and socials. And if you want some real alpha, head to collectiveshift.io and join thousands of members getting the latest insights and alerts from a team of expert research analysts all there to help you create more wealth and freedom through crypto. And don't forget to use our discount code alfalfa for 50% off your first month. Until next time, see you then. Peace.